안녕하세요 여러분 어서오세요 이건 가오판즈 팟캐스트예요 저는 브라이언입니다 그리고 에런 네 This is all the Korean I know <laughs> Welcome to the Cow Fans <laughs> Podcast, a popped-off podcast. The casual fans home for Overwatch League news. We're coming at you for, from the first Brandon studio in Tampa, Florida. I'm Alurimore. I'm Haller. And we actually have Overwatch to talk about this week. Woo! Last week we had no news, and all the news showed up right at, like, literally the next right day. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Because the, the podcast was on April 1st. Mm-hmm. So everybody yep. showed up their news the next day. Super unfortunate. Which is gonna happen, right? We do we film Monday morning, like early in the morning. Yeah. So there's all the news is gonna come out afterwards, unless for some reason it happens during the weekend. That's right. So So we're gonna get into some of that. Yeah. Um we're the first thing we're gonna start about with Florida had a big announcement. Yes. So the Florida Mayhem announced that they are going full Korean and will be letting go of their um, English-speaking staff. The the press statement specifically more so speaks on Mineral and the players. And then they also mentioned that Coach Yeah, formerly of Lucky Future Zenith, is also going to be stepping down and resigning from the team. Right. Mineral is no longer there. Mm-hmm. Did, is Promise still there? No, I read no. that Promise Promise is, gone. is no longer there. Coach Yeah is no longer there. So we got three coaches gone. Mm-hmm. And our English-speaking players are permanently benched until they can be traded or released. Yes. and we That's Tavik, McGravy, Apply. apply. Yep. And I, I really want to, I really want to talk about just how terribly this is handled. Because if you just read the press release, you would not know that they are just permanently benched until something has happened. It right. was very. The whole thing. Even like, reading the press release, there are a lot of people uh, out there who think that these players are just gone right now. Yeah. This um, I feel like this was handled the worst it possibly could have been. Mm. First of all, the timing of this press release. They didn't release it Monday. Right. Not Tuesday, not Wednesday, not Thursday afternoon. Thursday evening, like 10 minutes before the game started, during watch point. Watch point had already begun. So most people wouldn't be checking news anymore. They knew, like, on competitive Overwatch, things would start getting um, spammed out by Twitch clips and comments about the games. Right. That's when they released this news. And that's super shady. Like, yeah. you're trying to have this news buried. Like, that That suggests to me that you're ashamed of what you're doing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, not not everybody thought this. I thought this. You didn't think this. Yes. Reading the press release, it feels a lot like they're trying to protect the safe face on a lot of their coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, they talk about, you know, their press release had like a whole paragraph dedicated to how dedicated Coach Mineral was yes. and how, how you know, you know, uh, stuck to his craft he is and how mm-hmm. he's always going to be working hard and he'd be a great coach for anybody to yep. have. It really felt like they were going, 
yeah, all these people are really good. That's why we're dropping them. Yeah. <laughs> it was very, it was very strange. Um, and, and, and people just, you know, if you're going to commit to the full Korean thing, it didn't feel, it didn't feel fully committed. It felt like we're going to commit, but we really don't want to be committing, but we kind of feel like we have to. So sorry. Yeah. And it was like, ugh. And, and then, and then you go through the press release and like, especially from a fan perspective, like I would say your average Florida mayhem fan doesn't have a positive opinion of mineral. Yeah. As a coach. Sure. At least as a head coach. Sure. Like maybe as an assistant coach we could have seen him staying on, but like at this point we felt like Mineral didn't seem to be working last season when he came into stage one, more of the same. Um Sure. And then you have all this stuff of all these paragraphs of how great Mineral is and like how grateful we are for him for the team. And then not a single player was mentioned by name in the entire press release. Just just like one small sentence of we'll be releasing our English speaking staff and players. And yeah. that was it. And that's super weird, especially like for a guy named like like Tvek, who's been with this organization since 2016, 2017. Or McGravy, who had one of the best season rollouts of all time. Yeah. You know, one, one of the, the best, best debuts, debuts yeah. you've ever seen. Everybody was excited about McGravy. We were excited about McGravy. Mm-hmm. The Mayhem were excited about McGravy. And they're yeah. not even going to mention him by name. You know, like I know there's – I'm a big Tavik fan. Yes. You know, I've got his jersey. I think he's awesome. You know, you know, crucify me, you know, competitive <laughs> Overwatch. I know you guys don't all agree. That's fine. I'm a Zephyr fan. So that's, that's whatever. I'm on the cross right next to you. <laughs> but <laughs> – but – you know, this guy's been with the organization a long time, and by, in my opinion, he's kind of the face of the organization, even if only as a meme. For sure. Even if only as a meme as for the bus driver thing. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows Tavik. He right. brings a lot of publicity to your organization for in sure. a positive way. Yeah. A- and you don't even give him an uh, honorable mention right mm. alongside Mineral, the coach he's been working with the whole time. And it's so fresh. And they can't release them. Yeah. They can't actually release these players, right? So... Because they must maintain a minimum of eight people on their roster. Right. That's the rules now for mm-hmm. this new 2019 season. Yes. If they release all of their English-speaking players, they will have seven on their roster. Mm-hmm. So even if they buy out their players' contracts, which they are obligated to fulfill, so even if they bought out those players' contracts right off the top, at current in, in the current state, they couldn't do all of them. Mm-hmm. So as far as I could, you know... We haven't been told otherwise. So as of right now, the chances are all these players are still getting paid, but they're stuck on the bench. So it's got to be a frustrating place. Isn't it the frustrating thing too? It's because it's like, why isn't this so clear? Like you could have done this press release so much better. Like I've I've <coughs> met multiple people from this organization, right? Like these are good people. Like I've I feel like you know as a Florida Mayhem fan, I pay a little more attention to the Misfits like org, and like it does seem like an organization that really cares about like treating their employees well, um, having kind of a lot of like transparency, being good um, to the people that you have, like good like treating people well is mean they're gonna they're gonna work well. Like I like the the philosophy that this company has, and it's so frustrating that time and time again they like present themselves to the world in the worst way possible that already has this like really negative view of them so if if, if i've been like watching some mcgravy twitch clips 
So all the players are still being housed. They're like taking care of them. They're being they're being paid out their full contract. And like um, Matt and um, yeah, not Y E Y E A H, but Y E A H H H. Yeah, isn't it just Y E H H H? Something yeah. like that. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know how to differentiate it, but like not yeah. the Yahoo left, but the Yahoo's been there and is still there. Former analyst now scouting coach or something. I'm not sure, sure. but um. <laughs> Anyway, they both mentioned how they're, like, trying to find homes for these players and, like, how thankful they are. And I'm just like, how come, like, there's, like you have all this good stuff and, like, McGravy's talking about, like, they've known, they've known about this for a week and, like, all this stuff and just... Yeah, and Barehands, who is the one who's doing all the presenting on this... Okay. He's he's the one who's who's answering questions about this right now. Right. He is not a good face for public face. And then... Like, for all of Barehands' quality and, you know, all of the... Analysts and casters touted him as being really great yeah. and super important for the NYXL, and I know the internet's arguing about that right now about whether or not he really was. You know, right. so that aside, lots of people gave him you know votes of confidence, mm-hmm. and he's not a good public face. No, he's doing the presentation on this. He made the little video where they were talking about their decision, which he just—it's not great. They really, and then you've got like Matt, you've got. Yeah, you've got these people who are talking about the players and talking mm. about taking care of them. They really would have been better faces it's for so this press release. It's so hard to dislike Matt. Right. <laughs> these they would have been much better faces for this press release than than Scott. And then and then because especially after that and then we have um bare hands right after all this stuff. So mm-hmm. like right after all this news comes out, everyone is already dogging on the mayhem. All you're seeing is like how can anyone be a mayhem fan? All these people saying like uh, I was like, now you've like removed my favorite players. How could I support this org anymore? This is the last straw. And then you get bare hands going. Why is he on Twitch chat? But he's getting he's like commenting in a vast Twitch chat and during super. the Overwatch League games. Not, not super sleepy, sleepy, but commenting about sleepy, like just slandering him, saying like, oh, he was like a bad teammate. Um, and that's why, like, he didn't want him on the Overwatch World Cup team. And I'm like, bro, this is like... This is not a good just, time. Yeah, like, World Cup, who cares, honestly? Nobody. Who cares? Nobody like, cares. you talk to the pros about it, too. Like, yeah, you want to compete and, like, do your best. But it's 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 not that serious of a competition. You've got... And you're in the midst of, like, this PR crisis. You don't need to be taking the Twitch chat doing things and like accusing him of leaking VODs. It's just, yeah. it's such a bad look. So on top of everything else, like we already look like the bad guys. And then we do this, like we are the least liked team in the Overwatch League by far. No one comes close. And we're not even winning. So it's not like we can yeah. go, yeah, at least we're winning. And we're not losing enough to gain the mystique that like Shanghai Dragons got last season right. or um, even though we have a tied record with the Washington Justice, they took longer to get a win, so they got to build up that mystique right. a little bit before it's they got their win and get some fans. Yeah. But um, let's move on to so the actual results of this decision. The decision was handled, the press for the decision was handled poorly, but how's it actually looking? Um, I, I'm, I, I watched some of the matches. I didn't okay. get to watch everything okay. this weekend. I was able to watch parts of both of the Florida matches, and I feel like Florida's showing. Um, I think Zoe said this at the at the post show on Saturday. Signs of life, you know. Yeah. It looks it looks like we've di- we've taken the defibrillator to the chest of the Florida mayhem, and shocked them, and and they're coming back. 
Maybe. Um, they're not. They're looking much better on control. Mm-hmm. Their rest of their maps, though, looks like actually have suffered a little bit. It's weird. Because before, our worst map types were control and assault. And then our hybrid and our escort were pretty strong. Now, now it feels it seems opposite. Like, yes, it feels right. like the opposite. Right. Okay, so, so I watched enough. <laughs> um, so we've got that going on. And then on top of that, you know, I feel like Zephyr, who has looked really good in the mixed roster. Right. I don't feel like he looked as good anymore. I feel like I thought Zephyr was okay. in some weird situations, some weird positioning, and and for all of the better communication, I was like, Zephyr, what's I, I, we both of us? We really liked you. Yeah. What what is this? I feel so bad for that guy because he did. If you watch the London game, he was incredibly clutch in the London game, particularly. Um, Watchpoint Gibraltar. We almost won that map on the back mm. of Zephyr. Like, this guy has been clutch and has had really good games, but his Philadelphia um, fusion game, well, he made some pretty <laughs> critical errors, especially with that, that C9 on Junkertown mm. kind of just being the, um, the icing on the cake. Um, but he had a few things where, like, he used the self-destruct and then Baby Diva to, like, hide it right into the midst of the enemy team and then they just they just killed him there is there was a lot of weird plays by him and it, i i feel so bad because like most people are just so hard on zephyr and like i hate to see these things where like you have these good plays during the london spitfire game and everyone is just like asleep <laughs> asleep and then the second zephyr messes up all the masses come out and they're just like scrim god it's the scrim god <laughs> look at him scrimming yeah and i'm just it's I, f I feel so bad for him like he gets so much crap from the community whenever he does good he doesn't get ignored but yeah philadelphia fusion was a hard match and it especially sucks that we have our biggest c9 of the year right mm. when we release all our english mm. players because we're trying to soar up our communication issues and then you see nine guys talked about communication come issues come on that was the last thing we needed after everything that just happened right um i mean at least it wasn't quite as bad as the shanghai one but it was this definitely the second worst c9 probably it was of the year it was um i, I it was not good I I watched the replays of it. It was it was unpleasant. It was not good, but overall, um, just to kind of give my thoughts on how I think the team as a whole performed, um, definitely London game felt a lot better than the Philly game. Um, I think on in that London game, especially Swan, Swan looks much improved being able to play with um, a full Korean roster, like instant improvement for that guy. Felt like Hago had a rough couple of games. Um, we'll have to see if that was just an off week for him. Right. But it, like Zephyr, he just, he feels like he's had a rougher games with the Korean speaking roster. Yeah. And I just, it makes me wonder if these two players in particular will work much better in a mixed roster than they will in an all Korean roster. I don't know. Because, yeah, Hago did kind of get mixed reviews from, like, London Spitfire right. fans, right? Um. But he looked really good on the Florida Mayhem. He looked good on Mayhem Academy. So, so it's hard to say. It's interesting. It's interesting to watch that kind of play out to see if for some reason these guys do work better in a mixed roster. Because I feel like, you know, I don't, I don't see why you should decrease being able to speak your native language. 
Okay, we're going to move on to what's normally our match of the week. But uh, you said you wanted to talk about, really, the developing of the new meta. Right, because I was trying to think of, like, matches that I really, truly enjoyed. And, like, I think the Boston games were pretty good with their map fives. But yeah, things are just weird and in flux. Like, I feel like we haven't really gotten quality overwatch this week we've just gotten confusion so let's kind of like take a look and see some of the different directions that the meta seems to be developing first of all goats do a little post pulse check here still alive still alive um definitely not a hundred percent play time like um you know last stage finals were but um it's still still there right um we're seeing more winston goats like like we expected, but it's mostly being used on old school maps where you would run Winston. If it was a good Winston map, this is now a good Winston Goats map. Um, parts where you would still use Reinhardt, um, you definitely still see a lot of Reinhardt play, like um, point sure. C's of hybrid maps, um, so on and so forth. Well, and some control maps even they're getting they're doing their mm -hmm. entrenching on the points with their Reinhardt. And yeah, and I would say also on attack on Winston maps, sometimes teams will try to use the Reinhardt to try to give themselves an advantage against the enemy team. Just play Reinhardt on the payload, um, right. as the other team has to play Winston because they don't know if you're going to run some kind of DPS comp or something like that, and they want to exploit the high ground. But so we've got those goat situations going on. Um, definitely triple DPS, particularly on control, seems a lot stronger. You're seeing a lot more teams take the triple DPS looks again. Um, very reminiscent to week one of last stage, right? When you saw a lot of triple DPS and over the weeks they kind of went back towards goats. Sure. Now we're back and do playing a lot more triple DPS. Yeah. Now I'd say your elite team, Shock in Vancouver, overall seem to be sticking to goats a lot more than other teams um, one of the most interesting things we're seeing is on assault maps on assault maps and um, also on first points of hybrids oftentimes we are seeing these bunker comps yes um, sometimes with baptiste sometimes without i would say as we got further into the leak baptiste seemed to have seen more and more meta for right. these comps um, but you're having these Orissa comps with a Bastion, often a Baptiste, and then what's being commonly run as well, especially on Hanamura, is a defensive Farah, and um, and then you've obviously got the Mercy to boost a the right. Farah and the the uh, the Bastion right. as well. So the idea of these comps is to put crazy heavy heavy pressure. It seems like one of the best counters to the Baptiste Bastion is a Farah. And for whatever reason, instead of running like a Widowmaker, I think you do actually sometimes run a Widowmaker too, um, instead of an off tank. All these teams play this very differently. Sometimes teams have an off tank, sometimes it's a Roadhog, sometimes it's a Diva, sometimes just run a Widowmaker. Um, sure. Sometimes you could see a Torbjorn instead of the Farah too. So everything's kind of in flux. Right. Um, but the idea is Farah is pretty good, especially at killing immortality fields. I felt this in my games as well. You have a really good kind of sight line onto it because mm. the Orisa shield can kind of block the immortality field. So hit hit scan can't really shoot it unless they go on a crazy flank. Where Farah in the air can kind of just shoot over the shield and makes you, sense. It doesn't move, so it's pretty easy to hit a direct onto, mm -hmm. and it does a lot of damage. 
um, and takes out that field pretty quickly. But it helps you for like when teams try to do like a Genji Blade dive or something, you throw down your immortality field, Bastion doesn't die. They try to self-destruct you, throw down an immortality field, Bastion doesn't die. So it provides him a lot of protection. Um, you're seeing teams like San Francisco Shock, don't, they don't run the Bastion strat, but they're running Baptiste on Assault A defensive, sometimes B as well, because they yeah. like the, just the ability to kind of bunker up with the immortality field. So it's interesting to kind of see everything play out. Um, out I of the games, have you, been in, have you been enjoying the meta? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched two or three. Right. Games and not even the whole games, really. To be honest with you, mm -hmm. I was really busy this weekend, so I thought it looked fun, but it's definitely different. It's much different. It, it goats may still be around, mm -hmm. but it's not the same. Yeah, it's a different kind of a thing, and I just I haven't decided if I like it yet or not. Really, is where I'm at, and then that's fair. Now I was listening to some to another show. Okay. They had a they had a guest on there from the Overwatch League that I cannot remember who nice. it was. Okay. They were talking about how in their games, Baptiste is really replacing Brig, even in a lot of their GOATS comps yes. and their scrims and stuff. And I feel like I did see that. Mm -hmm. Um and I don't not to say that Brig has no place anymore. Brig has a place because her support alt is a real support alt. It's not a boosty field. Yes. Right? So Baptiste's ultimate is is not a traditional support ultimate at all. Yeah. Whereas Briggs really kind of is. Kind of like Arissa. It feels a lot like Arissa's ult. Like it right. feels off. Out of place for yeah. their normal. But but it's working. People are getting good, mm. figuring it out and learning it and enjoying yeah. it, and that's good. So so I'm I think I think I'm going to enjoy it, but I need more time to sit down and be able to watch it. And I just didn't have that time. This yeah, week. I I'd say I'm just. I don't like I'm I'm glad we're seeing DPS comps played. I'm glad we're seeing this more diversity. Like that's cool. Um uh, Monty tweeted out last night saying um in the Chengdu versus Justice match, there were 27 heroes played for over a minute. Only Reaper, Roadhog and Ash were not played over a minute. Wow. So we're getting a huge diversity of hero usage. And, like, I've seen Reaper being played on maps. Um, like, LA Gladiators brought out a Reaper to counter Winston Goats. Uh, when we go to Junkertown, the old Junkertown meta is still there. So it's still sure. pirate ship with your flex support on Roadhog. So we're, we're seeing basically every hero but Ash played. Um, so it's, it's, it's really cool in that aspect. I just find like, I, f I feel like for the viewer, like people had complaints that like goats was hard to watch, but at least if you just zoom out, it takes a little bit of learning if, but if you can like understand what's going on in goats, you can actually like view the fight and kind of have a good idea of what's going on in this quad DPS meta. When you have just everybody flanking each other all the time, yeah, it's so hard hard to spectate because you feel like you're always riding with the person who's doing nothing 
<laughs> like, okay, you're watching Farah, and Farah's not really getting any hits. And, oh, look in the kill feed. Widow got two. And they switch to Widowmaker. And you're like, but all it's right, too late. I'm ready to watch Widowmaker pop off. And then Tracer gets two somewhere. And they switch to Tracer. And now Farah does a barrage. And it's like. Yeah, it's really hard. It's really, really hard. Do you almost <laughs> need. Uh, it, they almost need a set of casters and analysts in the spectator room going, that's fixing to be action. Yeah. And usually, like, they sit on the person who has the ultimate, right? Oh, Farah has Barrage. Let's sit and watch Farah. Right. But you don't necessarily know when they're going to be in a position, because especially if it's quad DPS versus quad right. DPS, when is everybody going to be grouped up enough for you to use that Barrage, right? Right. Really, you're more likely that the Widowmaker is going to hit headshots, but then you switch to the Widowmaker, and, like, Saya player ain't hitting anybody for some reason. I told you, I told <laughs> you last time he was showing up, you when he showed yeah, up on that Busan, I said, I he's not looking up, right. But, uh, yeah, he, and uh, and he's still not looking right. That's mm -hmm. not a player out there. He's been replaced. Yeah, it's it's definitely, the only, the two I'm not aimbiting, I'm Sia player is no longer valid. There were two standout Widowmakers <clears throat> for me this week. Are you ready? Because you're, you're going to be very surprised as someone who didn't get to watch a lot of matches. Yeah, I am. Let's the do it. The two standout Widowmakers <clears throat> this week were... Color Hex of the Boston Uprising and Corey of the Washington Justice. Well, now. They had two, two extremely good games on Widowmaker. Both of their games, they managed to be really impressive. Wowie. But, like, your, your classic Widow, Widowmakers, Carfe, eh, he had a good Hanzo. He had a good Zarya. Widowmaker, eh, Saya Player. It was, it was weird. That doesn't bode well. It you guys weird. just committed to the all-Korean thing. And I, it might be just because, like, teams know. Like, teams are focusing Saya hard. They're like, we can't give Saya any room. And maybe, are like, they? Color Hex and Corey aren't getting the respect they deserve. Maybe that changes next week. They're give, being given too much space by the other teams. But it's it's still it's still weird and yeah the feeling experience like I was kind of like by the by the end of the week I'm like I'm kind of done with this meta I'm 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 excited for it to stabilize at the very least so you could start so to understand how the interactions really work so that the spectators know who they need to be looking at in these fights yeah for all the complaints we get about stale metas once the meta evens itself out and becomes stale mm. the spectatorship goes through the roof. Right. It becomes much better viewing experience. And the other complaint I have about this meta is there's just, it feels like there's too much flexing. Like with 27 heroes, you're not seeing peak Overwatch. Like this, it feels like it reminds me of the community countdown, except teams are actually trying to win. But yeah, I mean, you have Jonak running around playing all these off non flex supports, you have all these DPS playing all these different tanks and supports. Like, you're seeing Flex you know. DPS run Wrecking Balls. They're running Roadhogs. They're running Baptiste. They're running, like, Anas. They're just they're running ev everything and anything, but you're not really seeing these high-level, like, this is the best person at Widowmaker playing Widowmaker or something like that. You know, you know, that would, that, that might, that'll change as the meta, I think, yeah, solidifies. hopefully. And if this is going to be a really big switching meta or a super map-dependent meta, right. which... Which, even if it's a, got lots of switches, there's going to be lots of map dependency, right? We saw 27 mm -hmm. heroes. We saw them over four maps, yes. right? It wouldn't, we, wouldn't be, we wouldn't be having this conversation if we saw 13 heroes throughout the game, right? We'd be Probably like, not. oh, 13 heroes, six people. They all played two heroes. One of them played three, right? Yep. So if you start figuring that kind of a thing out, I think we're going to see 12-man rosters 
do something exciting with the ability to, to specialize their players in the characters that are going to work good on their maps. Now, this is interesting, too, just to kind of bring up for you for Soul Dynasty. Soul Dynasty goes up against the L.A. Gladiators. They, they, um, they field Fissure, and then they, they, they bench Bleda for the entire game for Fitz. What? Yeah. And then otherwise, they just kind of play their their Fleta roster or their um, their Fissure roster, but with Fitz instead of Fleta, and they don't do the whole one one no. group for control. Everybody else, they just kind of like mixed and matched some of their pieces. It worked and so well for the whole time. Why? So I don't know what's going on with the Soul Dynasty roster. I'm I'm confused. I'm confused why Philadelphia Fusion keeps subbing out Neptuno for Elk halfway through the game. I can't figure that one out. There's been a lot of confusing substitutions. Well, to be fair, to be fair, the first two map types now are are similar with assault and control, and the last two map types are both have the payloads in them. Mm-hmm. So if if one of them does better in one section than the other. Right now, halfway through the map is when that's going to happen. They're not yep. going to go in and out like they used to. Mm-hmm. So that's just a thing to, to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about the standings. Well, as far as stage standings go, we had one week, guys. Not everybody even played two games yet, so mm-hmm. we know nothing. Um, but as far as the overall league standings go, I'd say that there's still a fair amount of parity to be seen from a standings viewpoint. Yeah. Lots of these teams are winning and losing. I think we're going to see this meta's working its way out, right? So there's so much chaos in this meta right now. Yeah. So that lends itself to continuing parity, mm-hmm. which is nice for a viewer to some extent, aside from the fact that, you know, our, the viewer, the viewing experience is a little less because of that. Mm-hmm. But. Also, that means the games are going to be a little more even, a little more unpredictable, yeah, which means we can have a little more fun, yeah. which is a lot. We like that. That's a good thing. That's a mm-hmm. good thing. Parody is good. Um, but I feel that as this stage progresses, as this meta locks itself in, there's a good chance that that parody decreases. You know, mm. our bottom teams oh, and our top sure. – right now, our bottom three and our top two are very much – keeping themselves out of the pack in the best and worst possible ways. You know, they're not really in the middle of all that. But in the middle, from place three all the way to place 16. Yeah. Or 17, I guess, yeah. All the way to place 17. That looks... That looks like anybody could go anywhere at this point. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is is super exciting, Mm because, you know, any of your teams really, most any of anybody else's teams, have a real shot at... At the playoffs at the end of this season, you know, if Florida wants a shot at the stage playoffs, we've already lost two, right? So if we want a, even a mm. shot at the stage playoffs, we can't lose any more than one more game, basically. You basically have to have at least 4-3. And it only gets harder. And it only gets harder because this next week, this is a perfect segue, this next week, Florida has to play New York XL, mm-hmm. which is almost a shoe in for loss. Yeah, and then that's Paris. Be rough. Paris, we have a possibility of beating. I yeah, think. Paris. Um, Paris is not looking as on fire as they were. They had a weird week last week. Yeah. So Paris like four owed the Guangzhou charge, mm-hmm. and then, then got four owed by, by the, the Chengdu, Chengdu hunters. hunters. So it's very confusing. <laughs> and it's, it's it's so weird. I don't, right. I don't know what's going on. I, and and from what I saw, look. 
And then the Chengdu hunters get like go neck and neck with the Washington mm. Justice. I am. I have no idea what's happening anymore. <sighs> it's so yeah, parody. It's there. There it is. Parody. <laughs> so I think Florida stands a real chance against Paris. I think they do. Um, I don't think Florida stands a real chance against New York. But no. But I I want to I want to qualify this right. Okay. Right. Interested for this. We saw, we see that New York pretty much in playoffs, not, n- it's never happened in regular season games, but in playoffs, New York chokes really hard. We know that there's always the potential for that choke, mm-hmm. right? If Florida can, can look inside themselves and figure out how to send chokes New York's way, just, just a little, and have the game of their lives yeah. talk about the hugest upset you could imagine that would like really that would be so funny confidence right too. that that'd be funny to watch first off because it would have to look like the florida versus washington game that's yeah. how that would look out with oh look it's a giant clown fiesta who's dying why aren't ultimates working i don't understand the world anymore <laughs> it'll be amazing it'll be a hilarious and entertaining match to watch if that was the case yeah um the chances of it happening are like one percent yeah, it's pretty, especially, like, we kind of got bodied by the Fusion. Right. And Fusion got bodied hard by New York. Right, right. But <laughs> but what we're saying is there's a chance. <laughs> it's, it's a new meta, right? Everything's kind of weird. New York, historically, has been slow to adapt to new metas. So, even though they, they've been looking good so far, but maybe... I don't want to get anybody's hopes up too like, high, I but... I can't even say, like, well, their other ma- New York's other match that week is going to be really tough. So, maybe they'll just underprepare for the Florida Mayhem. They're up against the Washington Justice. So, it's probably not going to... Really well, you saw the Washington Justice go neck and neck against... It looks pretty good, yeah. Right. Corey, Corey's insane. Right, so... You know, Otto's good at DPS. So, I mean, there's a possibility... <laughs> Washington Justice is getting their act together. Yeah. Florida needs to get their act together. Yes. And maybe just the two, maybe, you know, do they play, Florida plays them after Justice plays them. Right? Correct. Right. So, you know, do your best, Justice, and throw them off their rockers a little bit so Florida can sweep in and, s- and kill steal that from you. Yeah. <laughs> Waking them up for us, like someone like opening a, a bottle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's hit our, uh, let's hit our games we're looking forward to next week. Um... It's so hard right now because everything is so kind of in flux. Um, right, and the games that matter the most are the games basically from the either the bottom tier teams or, or basically everybody after twelfth place, right? Because you're trying, everyone's going to start clawing for their actual playoff spot for the whole season. Right. So um, I'm kind of just generally looking towards the Philadelphia Fusion matches. They go up against the Defiant. Who yeah. I have some question marks on still um, after their performance against Boston. I kind of want to see how that shakes out. And I have some question marks about the Philadelphia Fusion, too, because they got wrecked by New York and then beat Florida pretty soundly. So I kind of want to see how they play up against a team kind of maybe at their level. And then London as well, them versus London, especially in the retrospect because the Defiant match is first. So you'll kind of get a good sense, okay, this is how good this team is, and let's see how good London is right. after that. Um, so I think those should be two really good matches. Um, I know you didn't get to watch too much last week. Is there anything you're looking at? I, uh, I, I'm really not sure. Sh- I'm in the similar boat to that. I'm not sure who to look at, right? Yeah. Um, obviously, you've got the Titans at the top and the New York at the top, but anybody they fight is just going to sort of feels like it's just going to be a wash. Yeah. So I'm Although not excited about those games. Titans look vulnerable. 
They may, in yeah. my opinion, last night, because they ran triple DPS, and, like, Monty was kind of laughing about it, like, haha, oh, like, oh, look at them, they're just kind of styling on the team, but, like, triple DPS is meta, and Bumper doesn't have DPS, and he doesn't have a wrecking ball. I am worried for the Vancouver Titans. Yeah, so that could be interesting, and don't they play the charge again? They do, and that's probably going to be another stomp. Poor charge. Poor charge. I mean, that's true, but... But you know, right now we've got the charge who has just played the Titans, the Titans who are not look who are looking vulnerable, mm. and so we'll get to see really how They're well the still bodying them on goats. Right. So we'll get to <laughs> we'll get to see though how well the charges coaching staff can actually adapt yeah. to an issue because that's a cool thing I think about having some of these games between teams being pretty much back to back from mm. within one week to the next. You really are going to get to see their strategic ability to prepare yeah. for and see what happens. So I guess I'm excited about that game just to see if how the Charge's coaching yeah. staff is going to handle this, mm-hmm. right? Because that's, that's got potential right yep. there. And, and I think we should all be excited to see coaching staff mm-hmm. show up more. You know, the, more this, the longer this league stays alive, the more right. important that's going to be, mm-hmm. more so even probably than players' individual skills. Yeah. Is going to be the coach's abilities to guide those skills into something, especially in amazing. these early stages of like crazy meta changes. Like this is where really coaches can show their value in establishing these good team strats early to show, okay, like we're we're quick to adapt and understand these sorts of things, and I can have my team running the right comps rather than like Hangzhou Spark, and you're just watching them and you're like, what are you guys doing? What are, what are these compositions? Right. So. So I think I think that's where we're. Yeah. It's gonna. It's just you just gotta watch it. We're gonna yep. have to see where it goes, and then hopefully by next week we'll have a better read yeah. on what's going and on. And I'm excited to see fuel too, especially after Boston looked so good with RCK and they just traded RCK right. and Note the week before. Right. And fuel really needed a, a diva like Note. Yeah, I I thought so, but now with RCK looking so good on Boston and it seems to be going kind of more towards DPS, is Note gonna be more of a liability because now in this meta. You need that DPS. I'm really I'm interested sure. to see how this shakes out. I'm not them. sure because no is really good. Because just like we're seeing, right? Just like we're seeing b- between the Florida Mayhem going from Switch to All Korean, we're seeing two of our players that looked better in the in the in the mixed roster yeah. look less good in the All Korean roster. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's. A, I mean, Note already looked really good. Yeah. But and so did RCK. Yeah. But RCK moved over. It's a weird. And trait. then and then is is flourishing. He's mm-hmm. thriving over there right now. It yeah. feels like, from an outsider's perspective, with like you know one or two games, mm-hmm. two games. Whatever. Yeah, he looked. He looked really good. Though, you know, so to see Super note clutch. to see note move over here, you know, there's a very good possibility that note just thrives here in this. Yeah. Which could be good. That just means that players are finding the way that they fit in. They're learning to play with these other guys. They're gonna. They're just matching them better, and their their games are getting even stronger, which is good. Yeah. That's good. I want to see that. I want to enjoy that. So that's a real possibility. It may mm-hmm. not be so much whether or not he's got the DPS or not. It may just be that he needed to be in a place where he was going to do well. Yeah, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on it because the trade didn't make too much sense to me. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see how it actually plays out in practice. The other team that we have yet to see play in this stage is going to be the Houston Outlaws. But I think they play like someone like really tough, like the San Francisco Shock. So I think we're still going to have to wait like another week to really get a, a – mm. Accurate feel on them, um, but I'm um, I'm excited to just kind of see the last two teams come out and play, so we can really start to kind of figure out where everyone's at in this meta. Yeah, it should be good. 
All right, well, thank you, everybody. That's all we've got for this week's edition of Casual Overwatch League fans. Thanks for watching. We ask that you would please uh, like, follow, share our videos. Um, we're on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, everywhere podcasts are sold. <laughs> I thought about saying that this whole show. <laughs> it was just as fun as I wanted it to be. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagrams for behind-the-scenes stuff, all of them at CowlFans, C-O-W-L fans. Big thank you to the Popped Off guys. We are much indebted to them. Mm-hmm. They have helped us a great deal, and they're the reason we're on so many of these platforms, and you can enjoy us like that. Well, on behalf of myself and Howler and the entire production team, which is myself and Howler. Mostly <laughs> him. <laughs> as far as production. That was fun. Mostly you. That was fun, too. <laughs> I'm working on my sign-offs, guys, so uh, please feel free to leave a comment about how Alurimor should sign off. Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. That's all we got. Thanks for joining us this week. Uh, come back next week. See see what's happening. Bye.